0: Since I just school I've had no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play
1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast uh, NHL Shutdown Series. This is part four? Part four, yeah. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And uh, and we've got Cliffy with us too from the very beginning of the episode today. Scott, are you there? I am indeed. Good afternoon, guys. It's so fantastic to have you on from the very beginning. This is a first for us. We're more than 40 episodes or something like that. Over yeah. 40 episodes in. We usually have Scott on the show, and he usually joins us in the middle. But um, for our special NHL Shutdown series, we thought let's have Scott on from the beginning. So Scott, great to have you here.
0: No, great to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm quite honoured to be here uh, starting the show with you guys. So it's all good. <laughs> it's always great to have you on. And
1: people that are listening, and if you're regular listeners, you'll you'll hear a, a, different, a difference in the sound a bit. We're, we're also working on some different pr- uh, production techniques to try and um, get Scott better. Scott, lives um, more towards the north end of the country, and we're in the south, and because we're all stuck in our houses today, we're trying to tweak things to make it seem a bit better for uh, for us, uh, um, make it sound like we're in the same place. So, um, Scott, great to have you on in the very beginning. Um, regular listeners will know that you're in Sheffield, and we're down near Oxford, um, but here we are all together. And so uh, we had some topics that we thought that we'd cover today. Loads of people have been writing into us on social media and giving us ideas and talking about teams that we should mention and that sort of thing. And I thought what would be a great idea today to try and um, identify with other hockey fans out there is if we could um, each talk about a, a team um, that's, you know, whether it, well, like, I mean, sort of close to your heart or whatever else. And um and then, we're, then we'll talk about some more of our just general hockey uh, experiences. What do you guys think of that?
2: Sounds good. Yep, sounds great.
1: Awesome, awesome. Okay, I'm not sure. Who wants to go first? Do I go first? Do you guys want to go first?
2: No, you go, you go.
1: Okay, all right. So I'm going to talk about um, a team that's really close to my heart um, because uh, it's the team from sort of my hometown where I was born. I was born in a place called Perth, Ontario in southwestern Ontario, Canada. And um, Perth has its own team called the Blue Wings which I'll talk about on some other episode But when I was really little I moved to a place called Stratford, Ontario And that's where I really learned how to play hockey and grew up playing hockey And then before I moved on somewhere else And um, the, uh, the, the local team there, it was called, when I was a kid, was called the Stratford Cullitons Like it? I knew. <laughs> Finn, Finn, I was talking about this Scott with Finn a minute ago, and he was like, "What is a Colliton?" and uh, and let me explain. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so actually, yes, please do. <laughs> actually, so the Culletons, um they're a t- as a as a franchise or as a team, have existed since 1962, um, and uh, they were originally called the Stratford Braves. Um, and so they were the, from 62 to 67 they were, th- they were the, the Stratford Braves and um, then they changed their name to something called the Stratford Bertolls and I'm not exactly sure what that is, I'll come back to that in a sec. Uh, that took them up to 68, so one season they were known as the Bertals. and then 68 to 75 um, they were called the Stratford Warriors, all of this predates my time. And then se- 1975, they became known as the Stratford Cullitons. And that's when I really started to know them as a kid and whatnot, and aspired to play for that team myself. Um, and so the logo of the team was always like a uh, Native American chief. And uh, that comes from their original name, the Stratford Braves, given to them in 1962. So they kept, they kept that uh, logo. And um, the reason they were called the Stratford Cullitons, and they were called that for 75, from 1975, and they just reverted back to Warriors in two, 2016, all that time, is because they were sponsored by a plumbing and heating company called Culliton Brothers. <laughs> 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 and I didn't know this for the longest wow. time, right? It was literally just the name of the company that they were sponsored by, the Stratford Cullitons. So here was a team called Stratford Cullitons, and their logo was like this uh, Indian chief, And I just thought it was like some tribe called the Cullitons, but it turns out it's a couple brothers that sponsored the team. And so Stratford Warriors Junior Ice Hockey uh, Club, um, and they were in the Midwestern division of uh, the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. And when I was a kid that was um, Midwestern Junior B, they were called. And um, there are some uh, fairly famous guys who played for Cullitons and made it off the team, including some guys that I skated with back in the day. Um, uh, Eddie Olchak is uh, one, uh, the big O. And um, also Tim Taylor uh another guy who came through the stratford system and they've more recently been made famous by there is one famous celebrity that drops in with the team whenever he's in town um sadly i share the same hometown as
2: justin bieber (laughs) i'm gonna guess
1: (laughs) it is justin bieber of all people so there you go crazy crazy hockey connection um so the Cullitans played uh, the Midwestern Junior B system. They were pretty successful. They've had a few uh, guys go up to the NHL from there as well. Really tough team um, and in a tough league. And uh, they now play in the Allman Memorial um, uh, Arena, which was just called the Stratford Arena when I was growing up. Same place sitting um, of interest, sitting on Howie Morentz Drive. Because Howie Morentz, uh, a real old-timer NHLer, uh, is also known as the Stratford Streak, and he is probably the most famous hockey player ever to come out of Stratford, Ontario. And to give you guys more perspective on this, Stratford, Ontario, at that, back in those days, was probably less than 20,000 people, and I think it's probably up around double that mm-hmm. now. So it's not a big town, but it is definitely a hockey town. That's where I grew up, and that's my quick little synopsis of uh, the Stratford Cullitons.
2: Nice, nice, very good. I I also uh, read earlier uh, also also from the uh, now Warriors Stratford Warriors. Um, they had a player called Chris Chris Pronger. Who Pronger, yeah. He's a very famous NHL player. Yeah, sorry, I, I left out that. Pronger. Uh-huh. No, but yeah, th- that's really cool. How like a team, uh, like a like a small town team, your your hometown team, has uh players of like amazing caliber who have played for the uh town's team. You know. And,
1: and so, you know, just, um, Scott, I know you're going to come on to talking about a Sheffield team and, and, um, for me, I think that one of the big differences, um, when I talk about, uh, hockey with playing hockey with Finn, who's still in junior hockey is that, um, you were growing up in a town, it's different growing up in a town where your local team is going to have guys go from there to the NHL.
2: Yeah. Because
1: it's so much more mm-hmm. aspirational. Yeah. You know,
0: you know yeah, what I mean, absolutely. Scott? I mean, Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look now, for example, in Sheffield, um, a former guest of the show, Liam Kirk, he's uh, a lad who's from Maltby, which is um, sort of between Sheffield and Rotherham. Um, and he's obviously going on to, to bigger bigger and better things. He's now playing for the Peterborough Peets and he's a Arizona Coyotes uh, prospect. So, yeah, but definitely, I mean, Sheffield's a very big city, but, um, you know, there's not been too many... High high caliber players coming through the system and going on to bigger and better things like Liam Kirkus.
1: Awesome. Well, it's a great segue. Should we jump on to talking about your, uh, the, the team you want to talk about, Scott?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, it probably comes as no surprise to regular listeners, but yeah, the team I'll um, give a bit of a synopsis about is the Sheffield Steelers.
1: Awesome. I knew um, you were going to so do it. So
0: they were. F- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no surprises there. But uh, they were formed in 1991 and were the first occupants of the Sheffield Arena. And that was built for the World Student Games. Um, So they were owned initially by Ronnie Wood and David Gardner-Brown. So they were at the helm and were determined to sort of make the team a success. So in the early days, they gave players nicknames to be more relatable to fans. So there were nicknames for players like The Rocket, Ron Shudra, Turbo, Tim Cranston. um, And that kind of really set um, a bit of an identity for the team in those early days. Um, so they then marketed the players and sort of paraded them onto the pitch of Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday games in the hope to sort of tap into the audience there. Um, and then the club sort of got their name from the industrial background, similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers who play in the NFL, because Sheffield's world famous for its steel production. And I know you guys had a previous episode where you talked about the Stanley Cup and the origins of that. But part of that Stanley Cup was made in Sheffield as well, interestingly. That's so so cool. uh, Sheffield's got its own. Yeah, so Sheffield's got its own little um, claim in in the Stanley Cup there. But um, the Steelers began their first ever season in the English Division 1 of the British Hockey League. So that was in 1991. A year later, um, the Steelers then won promotion to the British Premier League before winning uh, the league in 1995 for the first time. Um, But they originally applied to replace the Solihull Barons in the top league. But when the governing body turned that request down, they found themselves playing in, in the Third tier of British hockey, um, so they then began the season made up of players from a team called the Sheffield Sheffield Sabres, who were like a, an amateur team, uh, with the cream of um, the uh, cash strap soil Baron's defence, and that included uh, former Edmonton Oiler Ron Shudra, who uh, whose son now plays for the Steelers, Cole Shudra. Interestingly, um, they also had uh, two players called Phil Lee and Paul Thompson. Uh, Paul Thompson also went on to coach the Steelers, uh, the Coventry Blaze, and uh, national team. Um, so he was an early day Steelers player back in the day. Um, they also recruited Canadian born Mark Mackey from Chelmsford and netminder Terry Bagley. And then Ronnie Wood, who um, had shares in the club, was also a former Great Britain international who became the team's top scoring British player. Um, but the first game they had, it was played in front of 2,300 people, and it was a challenge match against Durham Wasps, and they lost seven-one. So it wasn't a great start. Um, and then they went on to have several different owners over the years, <laughs> some good, some rather uh, dodgy, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> the club went into the club went into liquidation twice, and is now owned by current owner uh, Tony Smith, and he's had the club since 2011. And interestingly, for any British hockey fans out there, um, Tony Smith also owns a company called Rhino, who manufacture a lot of the jerseys and shirts that teams currently play in as well. So he's always had an interest there. And Tony Smith's daughters have both played for Great Britain uh, women's team. And one of them is the national women's team coach as well at the minute. Um, So a bit of a synopsis about the Steelers' winning history. So... Uh, During the time in British hockey, they've won 29 trophies, which is made up of five challenge cups, 10 playoff titles, nine league titles, a knockout cup, a charity shield, a hockey fest championship, and two Benson and Hedges cup titles. They completed the Grand Slam, which is winning all four trophies uh, in one season available in 1995 and the 2000-2001 season. Um, and that is pretty much it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is awesome such an awesome story and and the reason I like it is um, we've ta- I know that we've talked about the Steelers going way back now over we, because you, you've been here with us for all those sort of 40 odd episodes um, but there, it always reminds me that there are proper hockey towns in the UK.
0: Mm, absolutely and Sheffield it's well known as soon as you mentioned Sheffield in British ice hockey circles, people either turn their nose up because of their winning history, so rival fans are like, oh no, not the Steelers, oh you're a Steelers fan. Or they, you know, are, are really enthusiastic about it. And people who live in the city of Sheffield who might not necessarily have been to a Steelers game know the name and it is a bit of a household name in Sheffield, even though people may have not gone to a hockey game there.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's amazing, and and I've only been to see the Steelers play once, and in fact, you and I met up at that game, Scott, and um, when I was mm. uh, when I was working up in Sheffield for a little while, and I have to say, I, walking in the door of the arena there, it, it's like it was like a portal to North America for me. It was as soon as you stepped in the door, I could have been at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've really got that sort of North American feel with the stadium, uh, the Sheffield Arena. It's a great venue. It holds about 9,000 people, and the whole feel to the match night organization uh, the entertainment aspect of it with the scoreboard and how engaging they are with fans it really is like being at a Leafs game but I guess without the quality on the oh. ice <laughs> well
1: it's really similar to um being at like to, to my mind and this is I mean not to do down uh, the Steelers because I think they're an amazing team and a really pro club it it's mm. uh, Finn and I went to an NHL game and an o h l game when we were recently back home, and it really um, feels exactly like the o h l if I'm honest, which is you know which is big which is big time as well you know
0: yeah, absolutely i mean the o h l as we know is is essentially the best junior league in the world and producing players like um you know the um like Liam Kirk, who's playing with the Peets, and uh, yeah, it's a great league and a good comparison, really.
1: Absolutely, and a perfect segue because I think Finn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All with the segues today, man. Literally.
2: So,
1: so I think Finn, <laughs> you were going to talk about a team as well. Have you got one picked out?
2: Yeah, I was going to go for the London Knights, and it, it, uh, one of the topics you said we were going to get onto later is like hockey experiences, right? Yeah. And I've been a Knights fan, and this this, but like before the Leafs, to be honest. Because you went back to Canada um, by yourself, I think, and you came back with a Knights jersey. That's This right. was ages ago before I started Couple, t- yeah, to get th- properly into ago. hockey. Yeah. And um, so I'd been a Knights fan before I was I was a full Lease fan, you know? So I thought that uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go to the Knights and uh, do a bit of a history. However, this history isn't as short as you guys, I've just realized. Because it's a bit of a bigger team, you know.
1: Yeah, you have to try and <laughs> ch- try and claw it down a bit if you can. <laughs>
2: exactly, that's what I tried to do. I've I've t- taken down six pages to about one, so it's okay.
1: So, so for for listeners in the UK, wow. we are talking about London, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, sorry, yep.
2: Yeah. Um, so th- their their history uh, goes as um they're actually uh, called the London Nationals, uh, and th- this was their uh, franchise granted in the OHA in the 1965 66 season, and they were under the ownership of London Gardens Arena. And the Toronto Maple Leafs controlled all the players. Yes. And there the, 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 the was a the main reason because of this, because um, the Junior A-League collapsed, which had um, the, I think, uh, the, yeah, the Junior A-League collapsed, uh, and the Leafs had, uh, they have two prospect teams that, uh, before that happened, uh, uh, one of them being the Marlies, yep. the Marlboros. Um, and when the Junior A-League collapsed, they needed another team to put all their prospects in. So then they um, co-owned uh, the London Knights and put all their funds into it. And that meant they could also put all their players into it, their prospects they were trying to develop. So that means you have the Marlies and you have the Knights. So right at the start, they already had a Leafs connection, right? For sure. And,
1: and so, uh, so are you going mm-hmm. to get onto the splitting? Because the Nats still exist as a team in London.
2: Oh, I I, <laughs> I didn't read the split.
1: Yeah, so, so somewhere along the lines... So there is an operational uh, London Nationals hockey team um, at the moment still going and they even have, you they have the leafs logo.
2: Yeah, okay. So the, so I I read about the leafs logo. I didn't read about the split because the so what I what I've read there was there was no split. There might have been uh the what do you call it? Um re whatever re-sign of a team. I don't know. Right. I don't know. what do you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. yep. Cuz um the team got bought out. Okay. So after their 3 year tenure with the Leafs, um they uh they were bought out and uh but but first the, the Nationals were named up, uh, just like the Colones after their sponsor. And uh, the sponsor was the Canadian National Recreation Association, which is a Canadian national railway uh, organization. Um, and yeah, after the, after the three seasons, the uh, NHL sponsorship ended, um, and it was sold to the bus- businessman Howard Darwin, who also owns the uh, Ottawa Sixty-Sevens, right, another okay. team in the OHA or the OHL mm-hmm. now, uh, for five hundred thousand dollars. And they renamed the night the ni- uh, they renamed the team to the Knights. Um, after uh, a contest was held by Darwin to try and pick a new name, and the winner called them the Knights and changed their colors to green, white, black, and gold.
1: I love their colors, actually.
2: No, the colors are really cool. Mm. Um, I mean, they're not gold now. They're just white, if you remember, because the the helmet used to be gold, and now they've changed it back to white, because I think they originally like those colors. But you were right with the uh, design, the original design of of the leaf with the gnats. It said the London Nationals instead of the Maple Leafs. Um so uh the 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 uh, highlight of the, of the Darwin area era, era which they call it they call it after the different owners uh, it was uh, in 1967 uh, uh, t- 77 to uh, w- when uh, the a Knights team which is from one of the most powerful Knights teams ever uh led by future NHLers Rob Ramage Brad Marsh and Dino Cicerelli, uh defeated the St. Catharines FinCups Cups in the conference final in an overtime goal by Dan Eastman to advance the OHL uh, finals against the 67s uh, but the 67s are triumphant in six games in the league to to win the league um and then uh the nine, 1995 96 OH, OH, OHL season went down in history and uh broke loads of records as the worst history the worst team in the, in the history of the Canadian Hockey League <laughs> and they set a new record for the worst season by finishing with nine overall points uh with a record of three sixty and 3 Holy wow, smokes, wow. that's terrible. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Wow. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and, and then the, the team was bought again in, t- in the year 2000. Someone bought
1: the team that lost 60 this games is, no, in the season. This
2: is funny. This is where I, so this is, uh, where, <laughs> where I got a bit of a laugh. Uh, so in 2000, uh, former NHL players, uh, Dale Hunter, Mark Hunter, and Basil McRae bought the Knights. Uh, they bought the Knights for $1. Wow. The actual knights they bought for $1, and then the arena they had to buy for market price. Bargain. So it was like a really weird thing. So the arena would have cost like a million or whatever it would cost, you know? Yeah. And then they bought the actual knights for $1. Wow. Uh, that got- even
1: that came with <laughs> a skate sharpener and two two washers. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
2: yeah. yeah it, it was just such <laughs> a weird stat that I found in the fact that they'd highlighted out that it was $1 to buy the actual team. <laughs> it cost more to buy the arena than the team. And then uh, when you get on, you'll see, uh, when we get on, like you'll see some of the caliber of players, right? Okay. Um. So in the 2004-05 season, the Knights had a new CHL record by going 31 games in a row without a loss. So 29-0-2, and that comes after that awful season. 60 losses. <laughs> 60 losses. Uh, and in the Western Conference Final, the Knights defeated the Rangers, uh, we watched the Knights v Rangers, which I thought was kind of cool too. Uh, to win the Wayne Gretzky Trophy. And in the OHL finals, uh, the 60s, uh, against the 67s, the Knights won the Series 4-1 to win their first J. Ross Robertson Cup, ending the longest championship drought in the CHL's history. On the 29th of May, 2005, the Knights defeated Rimouski uh, 4-0 to win their first Memorial Cup. So the Memorial Cup is um, the QMJHL, the CHL, and the OHL all put together, and they all fight for this one cup, and it's all the uh, best teams in the league, like top three or something. Yep. Um, and so, so they won their first ever uh, Memorial Cup. The Knights won this again in 2016 with help to two late goals by uh, NHL players Christian Dvorak and Matthew Kachuk. Um, and then here are the notable players, like the big notable players.
1: Wow, bigger than that. Bigger than the ones you've mentioned so far. Well, Matthew, Cicerelli.
2: But yeah, so, so Cicerelli, uh, Kachuk and um, Dvorak are all mentioned in this list. Uh, Bo Horvat as well, Vancouver Canucks. Max Domi, yeah. Montreal Canadiens. Rick Nash, he's a retired uh, player. He played for Boston and uh, the Rangers. Uh, Nazem Kadri, all Leafs fans know him. Uh, Corey Perry from the Ducks. Michael Hutchinson, we uh, all know that guy is recent.
1: Lead, lead singer of NXS? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> he also played and made the NHL. Um, Brendan Shanahan, wow. we all know that guy, Leafs guy. Mid- Mitch Marner. Daryl Sittler. Patrick Kane, John Tavares, and Matthew Kuchuk, as I said. Wow. So these are all the big notable players that this team has produced. You said with the Cullitons, some big names were, uh, produced, like uh, uh, Eddie Olchek and uh, Chris Pranger. Um, but, I mean, this is a different caliber, right? But wow. then, it, then then, again, this has been in the farm system for some teams for a while, especially the Leafs, right? And you have all, all, all these prospects being put in. Anyway, uh, team leaders, I know this season has been cut short, and it's kind of weird, you know? In
1: fact, they they've just... Announced that the Memorial Cup is totally cancelled. No, yeah, it
2: was the other day. It was completely cancelled. Uh, but the team leaders in 62 games this year um, uh, go as follows. So Connor McMichael played for Team Canada uh, when we watched the World Juniors recently. He's leader in points with 102 points in 62 games. It's more than a point per game player. That's pretty good. Uh, Ryan Merkley is the leader in assists with 61 assists. McMichael um, again uh, leader in goals with seven goals. And Brett Brochu. Uh, is the goalie leader in save percentage with a 0.919. Also very good for a goalie. And the team record is 45-15-2, and, and they lead the league. Awesome. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I found some of this really cool because the fact that it goes through from like uh, being owned by the Leafs and yeah. then them cutting it off after three years, being bought by some huge, like uh, uh, what do you call it, um, businessman. Yeah. Um, and then going through the w- probably the worst, t- the, the, they literally call it the nightmare, but spelled like night, like a like an actual night. Yeah. And then mayor So they called it the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, that that was when they went through all the like droughts and stuff. And then they uh, then they came back after being led by NHL players after being bought for a dollar.
1: It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That one of the things that I find very ironic about that story is the fact that they had to get cut. They got cut loose from the Leafs to become a m- miserable losing team.
2: Yeah, how how does that work? It should be the other way around,
1: <laughs> right? Well, that's an awesome story. Three, you know, three really interesting stories of teams um, producing players uh, for the NHL, right? And uh, um, from three sort of distant corners of the of the planet as well. Great stories, guys. Before I forget, I wanted to big up one uh, one or two teams um someone on twitter mentioned to us that we always talk about sheffield <laughs> so they wanted us to mention nottingham panthers more so big up the nottingham <laughs> panthers but we but we did talk about them on two episodes ago i think didn't Maybe. we talk about nottingham panthers I can't remember so um so those guys and also i love this I, I love this one so some of our listeners are in uh in scotland and um big up to uh a young fella named lewis Who plays for the Lanarkshire Lightning under 12s in Glasgow? That's cool. Big up the Lanarkshire Lanarkshire Lightning. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, interestingly, I mentioned earlier that I was born in Perth, Ontario, and Perth, Ontario is in Lanark County.
2: Oh, because I have I have a Perth jersey, and it said Lanark. It says Lanark on it, it says Perth, and then Lanark underneath it. So
1: original Perth in Scotland, original Lanark, also in Scotland. Anyway, big up the Lanarkshire Lightning under 12s. Go go for it, guys! <laughs>
2: right as the season ends.
1: So one other thing um, that I wanted to I wanted to talk about today um, uh, is um, I was thinking about sort of my first trying to remember my first, you know, real experience or memory that involved hockey in any way. Okay. Um and uh, and I'll take a crack at this, guys. See if you can you might be able to um, dredge something up from your hockey past as well. So, for me, um, my earliest memory of watching hockey was that um, I had a hand-me-down TV uh, from my parents that was... um, I think it was probably my dad or something had it. It was, and I'm making inverted commas here, a portable TV.
2: How does that work?
1: And in those days, all the... All the portable actually meant was could be picked up by a human being.
2: Didn't require forklift, <laughs>
1: because you still had to plug it in. <laughs> so it was only as portable as it, as it was. Take it from as lo- to as long kind of as thing. the the lead was on to plug it into the wall. Portable <laughs> just referred to the size of it, right? And so this thing, portable black and white TV, and this is aging me a bit. And I used to, and they said they weren't using it anymore because we got this mammoth thing that sat on the floor. It was in like a wood box that was a TV in our in our uh, living room, and uh, so I inherited this this little black and white TV, but it was absolute garbage for reception. <laughs> in those days, there were obviously no sky dishes or anything like that, and and there wasn't cable and whatnot. This thing just had literally two extendable antennas sticking out the back of it that were attached to the TV itself.
2: So when you were watching, you would have to hold it up in the air to try and get signal.
1: So I'm coming on to that. And, <laughs> and, and so uh, the only channel that I could get, and um, this became all too real for me when I first moved to England and realized at the time that there were only like basically four channels depending on where you lived. And um, in those days, this this TV could pick up one channel and that was the CBC. And the wow. CBC is where you got Hockey Night in Canada.
2: Okay, because CBC is like the Canadian version of the BBC, right?
1: Exactly right. So it had the strongest signal of any of any um, network, and so that for a crappy little TV like that, you could just pick it up. But to be able to pick it up, I remember that I had to use almost an entire roll of uh, tin foil, and sort of like <laughs> craft it into a long sort of like wire almost, and I would like wrap wrap the tin foil over the ends of the t- of the two antenna, and then this this a long, like, snake of tinfoil would, like, would go all over my room to try, to try and catch enough signal that I could watch a grainy picture in black and white of, uh, of a hockey game.
2: <laughs> you literally made wow. antenna extensions.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so the hockey games used to start at 7 o'clock, and this was when I was about probably, I don't know, I was really little. So about the time I think I was sent to bed... So I would quietly turn it on and it, you could stick a headphone into the TV, but it was actually like a singular earphone. So imagine like a set of uh, iPhone headphones, but, but only had one. So you could stick it, <laughs> you could stick it in one ear.
2: <laughs> it's useless.
1: <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with tweaking this, this snake of tinfoil running all over my room and a thing plugged in one ear, I could watch a Leafs game. Uh, wow. Wow. And in those days, for me, it was, uh, as Finn, as you know, it was all about Daryl Sittler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I that my earliest memories of watching hockey uh, were watching hockey on this crappy old TV, uh, listening to it through one ear, and uh, just about making out in black and white, the Leafs getting thumped by
2: someone. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> like, can we all point out the fact that the Leafs like had long gone won their last cup before this even happened?
1: I was just about to say. So, before I hand off to one of you guys, basically, what that what that memory and what that experience led me to was the those nights of watching the Maple Leafs on a black little black and white TV is when I started hoping that we would win the Stanley Cup. 40,
2: 50 years (laughs) later or whatever it is.
1: Easy, fella. (laughs) That's still true. So I'm still hoping. I still have exactly the same uh, hope and determination that I had back then. (laughs) I barely do anymore at this point. (laughs) Scott, what what would it have been like for you? What was your first sort of hockey memory um, growing up here
0: in the UK? Well, certainly very different to uh, to what you just described, anyway, Shane. Um, But uh, no, back then um, when I when I first got into hockey, um, I was about six years old. So what it was, it's quite a funny story, actually, and um, embarrassing for me. So I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here for the listeners. But um, my sisters, who I've got three older sisters, and they all went to uh, like the fairground. You know when it comes into town and. The fairground rides coming and everything else Yep. and um, it was on a Wednesday evening and all my sisters were allowed to go to this fairground but I was too young to go so I was um, six years old and my mum said oh no you can't go you're too young and anyway I started like absolutely bawling my eyes out crying like sobbing <laughs> and um and it so happened that my mum's um, cousin, my we used to call her my auntie Josephine, she came round um, just to check on my mum and see how she was. And she said, what's, what's he crying at, sort of thing. And um, my mum explained, oh, he, he's crying because he can't go to the fair with his sisters and, you know, he's too young. And my auntie Josephine said, well... I've got a spare ticket to the Steelers because she she was a season ticket holder and whoever she went with back then couldn't go. So she had the spare season ticket with her and she said, oh, there's a game tonight in about two hours time. I was going to go home and get a bit of tea, blah, blah, blah. Um, He can come with me if he wants and, you know, he'll he'll keep him quiet (laughs) and um, give you your ears in the restaurant, him crying. Um, So she said, oh, yeah, take him then. And anyway, went to the hockey. Didn't have a clue what ice hockey was at this point. Uh, got to the arena, heard the sounds, um, all the bright colors, everything else. And I was just in love from that moment. And the Steelers played, I believe it was the Medway Bears, they were called, um, who were no longer sort of in existence now. And I believe the Steelers won, but it was about 7,000 people in the building. And just the noise, the sounds, the sights everything from that moment. And I absolutely fell in love with the sport and then sort of pester power. I I pestered my mom and said, Oh, I want to go again. I want to go again. And and we went to the odd game here and there, uh, but my mom didn't drive. So we had to rely on lifts from my auntie Josephine and, and whatnot. And, um, eventually a year later, we all ended up getting season tickets. And then, um, which I held a season ticket from being about six years old till about 20 and then I started to do media work with the Steelers so a team who I idolized growing up as a child I ended up um eventually working with uh, for a good 10 years or so and um and yeah so one of my early childhood heroes is a player called Ken Priestley and he won two Stanley Cup rings with um the Pittsburgh Penguins in 92 and 93 and Ken Priestley, he was one of the first players I remembered. And he was nicknamed the Messiah. And every time he scored, um, they played a song, Hallelujah, uh, that, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and I just remember hearing that. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing that every time he scored. And he used to get about four or five goals a game. So you just hear this, Hallelujah. <laughs> and um, anyway, I ended up interviewing ken Priestley um about five six years ago and they always say you should never meet your heroes or never meet your idols because you often end up disappointed but i tell you he was he still is one of the nicest guys i've, I've ever met and um i got a, a text from him on christmas day a few years ago um saying oh happy christmas all the best ken Priestley." and i was like I was like a kid on uh, Christmas morning. I was like, wow, I've got a text from Kenny. <laughs> and, and, you know, here I am uh, at that point. I was, I think, I was about 20, 28 years old. And I was just like a, a child who'd met Justin Bieber or something crazy. And, uh, yeah, so that's my kind of uh, inroads into watching. But then playing is obviously a different matter. I didn't start playing until I was 17. But that's probably a story for another day.
1: That is so awesome. What a great story, Scott. I love that. I love that. The notion that... um There was a season ticket in the family um, back then. I always think about um, hockey as being relatively, um, you know, a young sport here. But, of course, it's been around a long time, too. Finn, what do you got?
2: So, mine is similar to Scott in the sense that I watched my first ever hockey games um, uh, when I was six. uh, But I didn't go to a game for a few years after that. So, the first ever game I I remember uh, properly watching is the 2010 Vancouver Olympics.
1: Alright,
2: okay. And this is something that is really cool to me, because I remember that I really, really wanted, like, I really wanted to be into it as well, you know? Like, I just wanted to, cause I, and I, I ended up, like, loving it, obviously, and, like, we're doing this now, and I play myself, Um, but I remember watching because uh, so the, cause the first prim, uh, player that I remember is Price, Carrie Price, because yep. he was in net, and you always see his name. All the other players are changing, and I was like, oh, so who's this guy, who's this guy, you know? But Price was always in the net, so I remembered his name, <laughs> Okay, and he was one of my favorite players for years. Um, but <laughs> I, I remember w- watching it because we watched every single game um, because they were usually like afternoon for us. So we'd be at home and it'd be okay. I was allowed to watch it, you know. Um, and then there was one time, the final uh, against the USA, and that's when Crosby uh, scores golden goal. And um, I, I remember sitting uh, with you and uh, the rest of our family went out. They were like, oh, do you want to come with us? And I, I was like, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna stay i'm gonna i'm gonna wait this out and i watched it and we watched crosby score and we won and i was so happy and i just remember that being my first memory is watching uh sydney crosby and carrie price uh playing in the olympics and that was that's my first hockey memory
1: it's amazing amazing and i do remember that year actually that um, uh, my sister my older sister shauna you mentioned your sister um scott my older sister Shauna sent us like an Olympic care package just before the games started with all the Canada hats in it yeah, and everything yeah. else. We had Canada toques and Canada mitts and everything else.
2: Oh, oh I wow. had a jersey as well.
1: Yeah, wa- uh, wearing them while watching the hockey. There's nothing better than, than watching a team you love with the, with the the jersey on and whatnot, you know. So that was awesome.
2: No, yeah, so cool.
1: Amazing. Awesome. Guys, what great memories. And That's we we will cool. definitely um talk about our uh, memories as sort of first Playing ourselves on uh, on another episode as well, but I want to keep these ones rel- relatively simple. Or sorry, s- well, simple, yeah, but also, sh- <laughs> but also, so short. simpler the better. <laughs> Just me being on it makes it simple. <laughs> um, we'll t- try and keep these ones short, but I wanted to bounce an idea off you guys um, that uh, that I haven't mentioned to e- either of you before, and I'm, I want to um, bounce this idea off the listeners as well. So we got inv- so everybody shut in, and the reason that we're doing these. Um, short episodes is to just try and you know bring them out a bit more regular so people can have a little bit more hockey um in their lives while uh while all the leagues are off and whatnot and um last night we did one of the coolest things that that i think that i've ever done um, that was just perfect for the situation and that was um here in in our house we attended a virtual pub quiz
2: oh yeah that was that was it was really cool and it was um such a a big th- it turned into such a big thing yeah it's totally
1: cool i don't know if you heard about this scott
0: yeah you mentioned you were going to it yeah um, and i've seen a few other people uh, attend them but i've not heard too much too much about them though
1: so this one was just a guy uh, he's an ex-pub landlord and he thought Do you know what what would be great is if um you know everybody loves a pub quiz and uh, because everybody's stuck in their house what if we just did it over the internet and you could just join wherever you were And he thought that he was going to do it just for the town that he was in. And what he had in mind was all the people that would normally come to his little pub in his little town could all just stay in their houses and do the quiz from their house. So he put it out there for them people to sign up and say, Hey, if you're interested in doing this quiz, just subscribe to this YouTube channel. And uh, I'll do the pub, or I'll do the quiz live on the YouTube channel on a Thursday night, right? So he was expecting, you know, twenty, thirty people, and he had five hundred thousand people sign up to do the quiz last night.
2: Yeah, and, I oh, mean, wow. I'm pretty sure he had. So like, five hundred people, five hundred thousand people signed up, but that that he means like, I, I'm pretty sure he said that was people from the same family. Yeah, loads. So because his his, and this is still crazy. His total bureau rate was like. 180 200,000 people at once all stayed right through to the end of this quiz.
1: It was amazing and so fun. It was just like being in a pub quiz and, um, uh, like a normal pub quiz. And so you just write down your answers and you self mark them. It's just for fun, whatever. But, uh, yeah, 170 odd thousand or, or whatever teams entered, including us as a household. And, uh, I love the fact that the last question was, What was the Guinness current Guinness record for the? A uh, biggest virtual pub quiz, and it was a
2: thousand people. It's like one thousand six hundred, and then at the very end, he said, "Well, we've smashed mm-hmm. that. I don't know how it's going to work. If anyone here works for Guinness, please get in touch."
1: <laughs> anyway, so I imagine you guys know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with this. Is I wonder if we should consider holding the great big virtual hockey quiz? Okay. What I'm thinking is that we could mm-hmm. uh, we could broadcast that live. Um, you know, our our podcasts are always. Um, recorded and then released yeah but we could broadcast live one night in the maybe in the next couple weeks or whatever and do a great big hockey quiz nhl hockey quiz so it's accessible to everybody anywhere they are something like a hundred questions you know um what would it be or 50 50 no 100 questions uh or, or 50 questions I do just
2: be difficult and do something like 55 because why not or 57 just so <laughs> we could have five,
1: five rounds of 10 <laughs> questions and then each round would be a themed round like um wh- uh one round would just be like Centers, or just about goalies, or yeah. you know, history of the NHL and things like that. No, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I'm, you know, I probably won't have been the first one to think of this, but hey, it's something something we could do. Why not? The reason I wanted to mention it to you guys and people listening is, you know, if you think this is a good idea and we should try it, um, maybe hit us up on social media. You can get us. Um, any at anywhere that you find UK hockey fam and um, Scott is uh, on Twitter and uh, he uh, does a regular Periscope and he's on Instagram and whatnot. Find us anywhere. Let us know whether or not you think this is a good idea. Maybe we could uh, hack something up.
2: Yeah, I reckon we should do 103 questions for the 103 years that the NHL has been in existence. I reckon that would be
0: beneficial. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not not a bad, not a bad idea. Scott, what do you think of
0: that idea? guys. I I really like the sound of that and I think it's something what the listeners would really uh, hopefully be up for and I I think it's a great idea.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well let's see what everybody else thinks and uh, between the three of us we can start to put our heads together about it as well. But listen, we should jump off because I want to keep these ones short.
2: Can I mention one last quick thing? You can. Thank you very much. Cheers. Um, (laughs) uh, One of the big things that I I found uh, on the internet this week is that um, on the NHL app, you uh, usually have, like, what do you call it? Uh, the taskbar at the bottom. or What what do you call it taskbar? Um, you know, you're know you not at the bottom of the NHL app. On your phone, it has, like, pl- your, your favorite team and then, like, standings and stuff. Um, I, 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 don't, I can't still I know what that's called, but on, mm-hmm. where, where standings usually is, they've created this thing called um, the pause clips or something, or pause videos. Right. And they basically got uh, this thing where they have um, they, they've put up all of the old games that you can watch the full games, no matter whether you have the subscription to the NHL app or not. And they're also doing, um, NHL player conferences. Um, so basically they get a few players on and like these, like, like these amazing NHL players are just sit down on, on, like a Skype call, almost like we're doing now, right? Um, and there's like four of them and they, they just talk about whatever they're told to talk about. And they'll talk, they talk for like an hour. So the other night, I think it was a um, Nick Foligno, PK Subban, um, and uh, Crosby's done one as well, but they're they're starting to do this kind of thing, and I think it's really cool how not only have they put out all the classic games, um, so I I think you, they had they kind of had that already, but they put out more classic games, giving you access to all old games and the full games of them, uh, the, all the all star games that you can that um, have happened, they've given um, uh, access to, and then they're doing these player conferences. So I really think it's cool how the NHL is now. Um, really embracing this whole thing and uh the fact that everyone's at home and trying to actually do something. And um and it's great that he that, that they're uh, they're doing it to people that don't uh also that that don't have a subscription to the NHL app. Um and it's just for everyone. I just thought I'd mention that. It's kinda of cool I found out today.
1: Awesome. That is really cool. Awesome. Um cool. Well we should get out of here and um we normally do a bunch of shout outs at the end of the show and I think that there's pro- it's probably when I was thinking about it it's never been more important than now to uh, to keep doing that because um, these are small businesses uh, that are uh, still trying to keep things going through the uh, through the, the C-19 crisis. Um, <laughs> and I think most of them are operating through mail order, so they're still out there and still doing business. So um, the likes of uh, Bionic Skate Blades, Puck Stop that's there with you sh- and Sheffield, um, Scotty, uh, they're still going. I think they're doing mail order. Yep. Uh, you've got Crosscheck clothing that are nearby you in Rotherham, also still going um, doing mail yep. order. I've seen them all, both. These um, companies doing um, doing deals and stuff at the moment as well. So check them out online. Um, down here we've got um, places like uh, All Star Sports, and uh, and I hope he's coping all right. Uh, you can get stuff off his website, but he also has an Amazon business, and you can buy stuff through there. Uh, all these places that um, if you know. Even though there's a pause, those, those companies that um, support hockey all the time need our support now more than ever. So don't stop buying hockey stuff. They're still up and running. Um, remember them and uh, jump online and see what they got. Anyway, boys, we should get off. Yep. Great, uh, Scott. So great to have you on for the Makes whole sense. episode this time.
0: No, no, I really enjoyed it, and um, it's been a pleasure, guys, and uh, it's good to go down memory lane again and, and talk about the hockey memories, and even though mine's uh, quite an embarrassing one. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: that one. Awesome. Okay, well, we uh, we'll look forward to getting on again in a few days, and, uh, and we'll think some more about the hockey quiz, but uh, that's it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and, uh, and we'll see you next time. See you, guys. Best game you can name is the good
2: old hockey game.